kid. They're a telepathic and xenophobic civilization. Uh-oh. All right, well, let's get this started. Okay, let's hide that and bring me back in here. Hey, everybody. We're here to talk about Star Trek, the original series, uh, season three, episode 20, The Way to Eden. Are you excited to talk about this? I sure as heck am. Um, this is uh, better, maybe better known as the Space Hippie episode from 1969, one of the last things they ever made. Um, so we're just getting started here on Live Long and Podcast. I'm Dave Mater, joined here with uh, my brother Jeff, my father Ted Mater, and our friend Jody Simpson. Welcome, all of you. Thank you. Uh, so, hey, Thank you. we're happy to be here. Well, I'm glad to have you. Yeah, it's quite lovely. Um, yeah, so I, I said, Jeff, you got to be here for this one. I can't go into space hippie territory without your perspective. So let's talk about that. Uh, Dad, um, I don't know how many times you've watched this episode. I know it's not one of maybe your favorite episodes, but uh, how would you feel? About, no, uh, not one of my watched? favorites, but I liked it. Yeah, you liked yeah, it. Okay. It's a, good, it's a good episode. What was the yeah, moral of the story? The moral of the story was that the hippies were looking for Eden. They wanted to go live happily ever after in Eden. Mm -hmm. That's not a moral. That's not a moral. That's a, that's a plot that's point. A plot. Yeah. What was the yeah. moral? What was the lesson? What was the, what were we supposed to? What was the feeling we were supposed to feel about their movement, the the, the circle or whatever peace? it was? Peace, love. I don't know. Uh, uh, Jeff, yeah. uh, how do you feel about this uh, this uh, this take oh, on the, the counterculture movement of the 1960s? Uh, it's demeaning. <laughs> That's what I think about it. It's it, it's clearly written from the perspective of a conservative um, mindset that like. You know, all these free-flowing hippies, I don't know, they're not really working hard, but they actually are smart. They're not living up to their potential. There's a bunch of lines in the episode where, like, uh, I forget who it is, Kirk or Spock. They're like, really? You met them at the Academy? No way. You you met that that thing at that the Academy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was like, and yeah, because they call them things and it's. And I go, what is exactly that they find? And they call them animals at one point. Um, and I'm like, other than they don't wear shoes, uh, I don't. And then Adam's outfit, maybe not my favorite. Uh, Jody, how do you feel about Adam's uh, uh, outfit? Uh, the guy, he's the main guitar player. He's not the uh, the cult leader, if you will. But this is a oh, that was Doctor Severin. Doctor Severin, repulsive. This is this is a terrible way to finish up a series. <laughs> this episode. This is obviously I I agree completely with Jeff here. It's it's. This is this was clearly written uh, to be biased. This was a very political uh, thing to do, and this was literally they must have just went. We got to make an episode. Let's scrape the bottom of the barrel. This is what we got, and this 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 is terrible. This is no human should have to watch this episode. <laughs> well, we did. So hey, so let's. Didn't you like Adam's Adam's uniform? No, everything about this this this. <laughs> entire episode is terrible the writing is terrible the outfits are terrible the little musicals that happen in it are absolutely god oh but Cole, this is as close as star trek gets to having a musical episode and there's a reason for that dave <laughs> you shouldn't have musicals in star trek 
Are you being a, are you being a Herbert? What? That's not me. That's Jeff. It's not it's you. Jeff. Jeff, not I've, I've suffered enough. <laughs> it's not me. What's, who is it? Oh, it's Dad. It's Dad. It's me. Careful there. Let me All mute right. him. I'm close. I'm just giving you a little, uh, a little. Oh no, it's okay. I can, I can, I can bring that in. Don't worry. It's, it's not, okay, uh... Ted. If I want my balls to go up into my fucking throat, I'll watch this again. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Doctor Severin will be released when we think he is medical. And I love this one. Stiff man putting my uh, mind in jail, and the judge bang the gavel and say no, no bail. bail. Gonna lick his hand and wag to tail. There was nothing Herbert, that, Herbert, Herbert, Herbert. There was nothing about this episode that actually was distinct to anything. You could have easily taken this out of space, and it would still be a, the same <laughs> thing. Like, there's nothing that makes this in space. Really. This episode is just so like we want to paint hippies as a bunch of freeloading slackers that don't fucking know what they're doing, and uh, you know they're nothing like our crew who are a bunch of well accomplished hierarchical society that follow orders and do things right the right way. They're shaved. They're not wearing ridiculous outfits. They're not. They don't have no purple mm -hmm. hair. And, you know th these guys are dangerous. They're going around nerve pinching people. Not that we don't nerve pinch people. We would never nerve pinch people, even though we do it. <laughs> Max did it like three times in one episode. Yeah, no, he does it like four times, like like on par. Usually four times an episode, Is it? Uh, at least. It's usually two, I think. But uh, I mean, uh, if I, if he does it four times, for sure. There's a quota. There's a quota yeah. for sure. Uh, the episode, this episode, no, it's uh, the hippies are doing it. Uh, the guy with the purple hair who looks absolutely ridiculous. Um, he's an <laughs> alien, though. He's the only alien. Yeah, but like let's 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 let's, not, let's cut through the bullshit here at what the metaphor for this episode is, right? <laughs> yeah, what is it? That's what why was Jeff the, needs to be on this? Episode. What was the metaphor? What was the lesson they were trying to teach us? You got to remember when this episode came out. This episode was probably came out in 1969, right? Because it's season February of 1969. So this is I looked it up. It's before the Sharon Tate murder. It's oh no no no. But like all right, but it's probably filmed around the exact same time Woodstock is actually occurring. Oh, okay, uh, probably because yeah. I, uh, Woodstock, I believe, happened in August of '68. Yeah, so they probably wrote. They probably wrote this script not long after that. Or they right probably away. wrote it while they were dropping shrooms at fucking Woodstock. This yeah. is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> this is a travesty to even put Star Trek's name on it. It really. Doctor Severin was a good character. He was insane. Ooh, you gotta love Doctor Severin. He was insane. A little insanity goes a long way sometimes. We got a comment here you know. from ourselves, apparently, uh, from Live Long and Podcast. I'm imagining this is from Jamil, because uh, he can also comment his uh, Live Long and Podcast. He says he would love a Star Trek musical episode, then have Anthony Rapp and Idina Menzel and oh, all the cast yeah. of Rent. Wait, who's who's this comment from? Um, I agree that if they made Rent the Star Trek musical. It would be some sort of a weird mashup. I mean, I'd watch it. I love it. I don't know. Did you see when guy. Anthony Rapp and all and the cast of Discovery tried to do um, Seasons of Love from Rent? Yeah, no, shouldn't be in in Star Trek. Like, why like, do we need a musical episode? We don't. Some people uh, like musicals. Now, right? if you if you could like you know incorporate it, like it was barely tolerable in Voyager when the Doctor was singing oh, opera. God, and yeah. that's in a dream. Yeah, it was and I love the doctor. He's probably the best thing of that episode or of, of that series. 
And then they also have Data sing a lot too. You know. Yes. Which, yes. Blue you know. skies. Right. So I mean, I mean, they pick their spots. Star Trek does with music. This was not. This was not a good spot. Did Spock play an instrument in this episode? I don't believe so. Uh, yeah, no, because there he goes. It one of the guys goes into his quarters oh, he and does, he sees yeah. that thing on the wall, and then Spock yeah. plays it for a he minute. Played the, he played that. Yes, he yeah. does. He does. Yeah. Yeah, when he gets down his axe, man, and he jams with those hippies. He does. Like, he's, playing, he's playing a harp. This he's was literally like you actually could predict when the next musical number was going to happen. Like that's how terrible this episode is. Like it wanted to be a musical, then it wanted to be a hippie thing, then it wanted to be both. It was, it's 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 a travesty. I, I right. it's right up there with Sub Rosa. It, it's it's it should have never happened. It didn't need to happen. Yeah, well, this is considered to be one of the worst, but maybe it has its a special place in Star Trek history because it is one of the worst. So well, we kind of of course it does. Well, it's, it's yeah. a classic. Ted Ted with his rose colored glasses there thinks everything Star Trek is amazing, and it's like I what? think it, it was it was you know you got to remember back in 1969 this was a hot topic. Well, that's yeah. because all you guys had was shrooms and beer. Like yes, it, take us back to 1969. Well, <laughs> you're about you're about 11 years old. Talk to us about yes. What... I, I remember the hippie movement in, in Halifax. There's all kinds of hippies. And what did you think uh, of them? They what, did, what, what was the thought uh, around them? What's well, that... we didn't know who they really were because I was 11, so I really didn't know much to think about them. But I knew that they were they were always were bare feet and kind of uh, you know they hung out in the parks and stuff. We didn't really. What did people say about them? Or... What did you hear around, you know, about them? Were they? Uh, well, I think it was probably not the best. They were they were looked upon as, you know, kind of, you know, hangers just on people who hung out. Yeah, hanger. They hung out. So yeah, smoke, yeah. smoke weed. Take oh, take a take terrible. us back to young Ted Ted Mater. What would Ted Mater, uh, when watching this episode of these space hippies, think of hippies after this episode? <laughs> Same as I did now, and same as I did then. It's, it didn't change my mind. It didn't. Him. It didn't stop him from looking no. like a hippie about five years later. Oh, okay. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have any <laughs> reference? But I never looked like out of curiosity. Uh, uh, he could probably show you a picture uh, of the back. <laughs> Is but it possible? I, I do. Uh, I do like. What? Go ahead. No, no. Um... I was just saying, is it possible that this is actually a positive depiction of sort of maybe the movement or the thought process behind the the hippie counterculture movement? Because Spock is, a, uh, he says he's not a sympathizer, but he, is, he has a curiosity and he does sort of subscribe a little bit to what they're selling, which is kind of like that the world is, the technology of the world has made the world too sterile, that they're not connected enough with nature. And that's sort of what they're, their mission is to like find a planet where they can connect back with nature, yeah, but they're, they're also shown uh, paradise. paradise with Doctor Severin, their version of of, of Charles Manson, uh, leading them through space to, into into Romulan territory, no less. Uh, which doesn't space seem Manson, space Manson, and the Star Hippies. That's what they should have called this episode. Yeah, because it's, it's kind of like it's kind of <laughs> like the Manson family, and so like it doesn't equate to me because. These hippies, like they take over that room, they take over the ship, and they're, and and they kind of know that they are they're not being pacifists. They're they're being they're they're hurting these people that they've. Come they're being the aggressors for sure. They're being the aggressors, yeah. yeah. So they're shown to be sort of like smiling, happy. They might seem 
peaceful. They may seem harmless, but they are dangerous people. That's right. That's exactly yeah. what they're doing. Yes. So, right? Because that, even that line that's... where Adam says, you know how to be friendly. Just be yeah. friendly. And they're trying, to, they're trying to intoxicate. Most of the bad stuff, though, were from Severin. Dr. Severin no, was but doing most of the bad stuff. But they're trying to like the like they're also there's this subliminal message that they're sending here that like the the girl is trying to corrupt Chekhov, and like so like Chekhov he's young he's impressionable, he you know maybe he can be swayed by these hippies oh, these yeah. bad hippies it, you know it, the undertones of this episode are phenomenal. Oh, she's related like, to him. This is obviously just a play at one side being biased towards another side, and they decided to make a, a an episode out of this. Like this was obviously taken from real events, as as you mentioned, Jeff. Um, you know, this is clearly a way of chastising the, the hippie culture back then. I think. Oh, it is. Like yeah. it, de- it doesn't paint them in a very positive picture. I mean, know. it makes sense. It's written from a military perspective. Gene yep. Roddenberry was in the military. He's going to have a certain bias toward people who are protesting the military, especially what he didn't write this on. episode, though, did he? I don't know who did write this so. episode. I uh, I don't remember seeing the credits of him in it. Here, let me see. Because usually, whenever I see jo- you know written by Gene Roddenberry, I instantly go Arthur oh. Hanneman. No, he did not do. Yeah, Arthur Hanneman and DC Fontana wrote it as well. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, not exactly new people to uh, writing. Yeah, are we all Herberts though? Are we all are, are we just Herberts, or are we are we with it? You know, do we have it? If anybody's with it, Dave, it's you. Okay. Okay. Just check in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Jeff and I, I think we're more outsiders. Um, but you're <laughs> definitely with it. All right. Good. Good. Um, you know, okay. Just to uh, just to make sure we don't miss anything, so we'll just go through the beat by beat. So this this it starts with the Enterprise chasing the Aurora, which is a uh, a spaceship that's been stolen. Which is a cool uh, way to start the episode. Cool way, good. but it, it's kind of like that Harry Mudd episode where they're chasing that ship, and it's kind of like Very the other episode where they're no, it's yeah, and it's like that episode with the. Um, now with that would have made this episode better if Harry Loki. Mudd was in this episode and he was in charge of the space hippies. This would be amazing. Yeah, and the Enterprise seems to be <laughs> in charge of chasing ships that get stolen. That seems to be their main, yeah, their main they're, gigs. They're they're the they're Team America World Police. That's what they are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so they're chasing it. Yeah, it just reminded me of so many of these other ones. We've only watched 10 original series episodes as a podcast. And Federation. Like, fuck yeah. It's not like they all start. <laughs> and the ship is not responding. They're not, uh, they, they, they're like, they can hear us, but they're not answering. And they keep trying to get away. And then they try to go into Romulan territory. They're like, stop them. They're going to start a war. And they grab them with a the tractor beam. But it doesn't matter. So they eventually. What the Romulans have done with those hippies? No, you don't want to know. Oh, I want to know. Romulans are not friendly <laughs> to prisoners. That would have been a great episode. <laughs> yeah, Romulans are not known for their treatment. Of probably hippies. had to, of hippies. No, they 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 would put not up with none of this. The hippies uh, or the, the, hippies the Romulans all have to have one haircut. You think any of that long hair is going to be allowed? No, Romulans are basically the North Koreans of the Star Trek world. Yeah, they really are. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, they get. It. We're, by the way, we're now banned in North Korea. <laughs> yeah, we insulted them, calling them wrong. We insulted them. We're not banned. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then yes, they're the Romulans. And when they beam, finally they beam the six people over, Severin and his five followers. Uh, like they're like you're infringing on our rights. They they do a what do they call that? A sit down protest right in the. Oh, this is this is where you automatically knew this episode was tits up bullshit. Like this is you saw that sit down and you're like great. This is going to be a great episode. They were transported now. against their will, even though they were they were about to blow up. But you know, hey, um, whatever. Uh, uh, and then, and then it, it it becomes clear that uh, like, well, right away, Chekhov's like, I know that voice. It's Irina, my old girlfriend from Starfleet Academy. As uh, you know, that's <laughs> why, where, why yeah, is he what, French? What the odds, by the way, I'm working on my French Picard for tomorrow, guys. Come on, but that's a, it's a, that's a Russian. My Russian, <laughs> my French and my Russian are not that far apart. Uh, the radio plays tomorrow. Yeah, it's yeah. tomorrow night. Oh, okay, I'm gonna have to listen. Radio plays tomorrow, yeah, uh, which I'll, uh, I'll I'll plug at the end. But um, right. yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, like just he hears it. It's his old friend from the. They, I guess they were looking for something like a love story, maybe a younger story to give to Chekhov and whatever. Uh, and then they all have to go to sick bay. They eventually convince them all to go to sick bay. Yes. Oh yeah, Spock does. But Spock's not a Herbert. Spock, it, I am not Herbert. He tells them. And they go, hey, he's not Herbert. He told us so. Uh, and. <laughs> He gets them on side. One of the yeah. characters, one of the hippies, literally looks like a troll doll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the purple-haired one? Yeah, literally looks like a troll doll. Right, because he's the son of some ambassador, and that's why, like, Starfleet ordered them. Trolls like, were big back in. Trolls were big back then. No, yes. they were on, they were actually for sale. No, right. were they? Were they yeah, yeah, they had the treasure trolls and all that. My, my sister had all those back then. I thought they were an eighties thing, so I guess that makes sense. But I think they had a rejuvenation in the eighties, right? Mm. Yeah, I think the sixties yeah. is where they, they started. Yeah. And the fact that they stole a ship Trolls. and they only went into enemy territory is kind of forgiven by the fact that one of the hippies is a son of an ambassador, <laughs> so he has diplomatic immunity. Uh, when they when they transport onto the ship and then like. The guy goes one. We are one, we and, are then one. They, and then they show they show Kirk, and Kirk just goes, "Oh Jesus!" <laughs> like, I had the exact same impression. There's literally like a I moment. saw that. And I'm like, I'm with Kirk. It's time to just give up on this episode. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I agree. But Shatter phoned in the entire thing on this episode. I mm-hmm. mean, he, did, he didn't have, going on yeah, here. he didn't have to act for the episode. He's just no. disgusted with what's going on. He's like, "There's no way I can top these guys." There's no way. Yeah, like it's just whatever. Did anybody recognize the guy who was playing Adam? Yeah, he's I the recognize guy, him, but I don't know why. He's the guy from um, Austin Powers. Like, yes. Oh, the uh, older he's, guy that yeah, uh, older cop guy. Austin Powers. He yeah, was also old, in an episode of Deep Space Nine. Oh, okay. Uh, have you seen uh, Little Green Men? Yes. That's so you know the general. He's like, oh, Quark, okay. Who says Quark reminds him of his brother-in-law? Who was a used car salesman? That's yes. this guy. Ah, uh, awesome. So okay. yeah, he went on to play like so that's why you had to see Charles that, Napier. Charles think, Napier, yes. He, was he would always Island play. He, he's, always he's, play soldiers and cops. And always he, a cop. Uh, like or, in Silence of the Lambs, he's the cop that walks into Hannibal Lecter's. Um, uh, like Cell before when he kills the two cops at the end of the week. Spoilers. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, okay. so he, yeah. he's in that scene too. He's the one to get he gets handcuffed oh, okay. to the bar in Silence of the Lambs. He's good actor. Good actor. Not, not his fault. 
Is he good in this role? Does everyone think he's good in this role? I don't blame anybody for their performances in this episode. The episode is an abomination. It is. Uh, I mean, so, I mean, like, to dissect anyone's performance. (laughs) If we had Kevin Millard here, I I think we would be able to sum it up easier. Uh, This is... This is it a bonimation? Uh, this is this is visually repulsive. This is everything. <laughs> when we get to uh, when we get to the fun facts, we'll, we'll, oh, expl- we'll fun explain. Fun facts are the only thing I think I'm going to enjoy about this entire podcast. We'll explain exactly. Just some fun facts. Just some fun facts. Not yet. No, no. We got. Yeah, we did it at the end, but like, uh, just real quick. Oh. Uh, most of the cast detested this episode. So, <laughs> I can't play you know, them. Spoilers for fun facts, but we'll all get right. Yeah, Do right. you like the part where, where, yeah, like Adam's playing all his music over the intercom and all the no. the young people, the ship are like, we're kind of entranced by this. They, oh, this pretty, is brutal. This is brutal. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's how they get you. They, they, they hook you in with the music and then you're in their cult. And then next thing you know, you're eating a piece of poison Head. through it. Ted, honestly, I completely respect you, but what the fuck, dude? This is a terrible episode. Oh, Why do you I was the that? one. I was the one who asked for this one because I oh, was. Oh, did the, you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So hey, don't don't yeah, leave. Right, right. I, I apologize, no, Ted. I thought this was all on you, but clearly. I don't think I've ever no, really no, watched. Clearly, you didn't raise your son correctly. But anyway, that's fine. <laughs> I don't think I've ever watched it, start to finish. Um. Well, so I'm gonna be brutally honest movie. with you guys. I got to the forty-minute mark and I was done. I'm like, nope. Wait, no so wait, what mark was that? Like, you didn't get to the end? I, I know the end, but I didn't, okay. I didn't, I didn't see, I didn't watch it again. I didn't watch the whole thing again. I'm like, I can't do this. I'm going to kill myself. Did anyone like the song where Adam no. says he, he has a, a clean bill of health? No. Excuse me. Is, uh, Which one is that? Can you play that for me? Yeah, it's right here. all those clothes? Oh, wait. I don't think you have the right clip. Boy! <laughs> here it is, right here. Yeah. In that gully, Yulin bit you. She's getting her physical. Gonna crack my knuckles and jump, jump for, for joy. joy. I got a clean bill of health from Dr. McCall. I'm gonna crack my knuckles and jump for joy. I got a clean bill of health. Health. No, from from this guy's like McCoy. discount. He's like discount. He's like discount. What is he? He's he's a rapper, man. He's He's discount like riddler but like shitty <laughs> like from like the 60s the 60s like batman yeah. he's like well, the like riddler, but he's shitty and he that? sings all the time yeah drives me bananas this is a terror why are we even discussing this right this is such a terrible episode and, well <laughs> and it turns out that okay and i thought it was interesting that the leader of this uh of this group I, I keep calling them a cult, Doctor Severin. They are. He a ends cult. up being yes. a, car- a carrier of a deadly disease that he's yes. immune to himself. He can't die of the disease, but, but he's a carrier and he can give it to everybody else. Right, but this is bef- so. I was like, well, what's that analogy? Is that I guess like this is before AIDS uh, and all that. Well, no, this is the free love movement, right? This is right. The, so you know, it's kind of an allegory to syphilis, I suppose, and other probably pretty much STDs. every venereal disease. Yeah. There's a bunch of things they're doing in this in this episode. They're they're criticizing yeah. the hippies, music. Hippies were very uh, open on the sex. Yeah, they're they're criticizing the the music of the time as well. Like it's not the old fifties like swing doo wah doo wah kind of music where it's like you know the the normal conservative music. Everything's like at that time 
that's when the music was getting weird and getting good and getting cool. It was, this is the time of psychedelic. Yeah, like the Beatles were writing like you know Sgt. Pepper and Magical Mystery Tour at this time. Uh, we had Jimi Hendrix was 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 you know coming into the scene. Like all these like great psychedelic music was happening at this time. And I'm guarantee you, whoever wrote, the guys who wrote this episode didn't like it, and 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 they liked the old music and they wanted that you know things to go back that way. And they, they, this this episode is trying to influence people's thought on on like thing on like culture and art and um because our heroes you know are not digging it and because it's awful it's purposely written to be awful except um, Spock a little bit DJ not Fontana. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was more this uh, Arthur DJ Fontana is a woman did you know that Dave? yeah I, I definitely did yes she was she's did dead. you know DJ um, Fontana is a, is a woman D- DC Fontana. DC, yeah, DC. That she's one of the greatest Star Trek writers. Of, yeah. Yes. Yes, I did. I knew. Is that new she, to you, Ted? And her, and her, I know she had a name, a, a code name. Well, her name was Dor. Her real her first name was Dorothy. Yeah. No, I know, but she had a, a, a pen name for this. Yeah, uh, other than DC Fontana? Fontana, I thought it was just DC Fontana. Yeah, she was did write under DC Fontana. Are you even sure she wrote this episode, Jeff? Because I don't even see her name on the credits. Uh, on IMDb, it says she's part of the story, so she probably helped with the characters. No, she she um, she has a pen Michael, name. Uh, Michael Richards uh, and Arthur Heinemann. Arthur Heinemann. Yeah, yeah, Michael Richards is her pen name. You know, because I don't know what if you're at Fast Facts, but this story was supposed to be about McCoy's oh, yeah. daughter originally. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. DC Fontana. That was her pen name. Was Michael Richards. Like Kramer, right? Yeah, Kramer. she wrote. She helped write the story. Oh, okay. She, uh, um, Arthur Heineman wrote the originally. Novel. Originally, this story was supposed to be about McCoy's daughter, but yeah. it, it got all changed, and that's why I she bet changed. That would have been her, better. Her I bet you, DeForest Kelly had something to do with that. Well, do you know what the original story was? No, uh, yeah, daughter. Uh, I was going to um, get to it in fun facts with Jeff, but if we want to, uh... yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I don't want to steal it from her. Okay. Okay. Well, wait till the fun facts. But so we talked about the okay. We talked about the fact that Severn has this disease and he doesn't want to accept it and he doesn't want to do anything about it. And he blames everybody else. And uh, but they put him in isolation. But his his five followers, nice ears. His five followers are causing a ruckus on the ship, and he needs to talk to them. They need they need Spock and Kirk to convince Severn to tell them to calm down. Um, and uh, yeah, but but he just uses that as an opportunity to sort of manipulate the situation spock promises that he's like hey i'll help you find eden hey i will i'll i'll help you settle it but if if you don't cooperate you're gonna become criminal and then no, no nothing's gonna happen right so they keep they keep trying to like explain to these hippies why their logic is flawed why they're why they're sort of lost um and why they don't quite get it it's a it's it's a classic juvenile's story right because the generation that comes before always thinks it's wiser than the one that comes after and um, and the generation that comes after always thinks that they're smarter than the generation that came before. So uh, or 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 understand it or cooler, whatever. That that's just a natural part of humans. Um, right. Oh, hey, hey, the dog is making an appearance. Oh. Uh, yeah. So after that, uh, Spock and um, Spock and 
Oh yeah, we get this little conversation with Chekhov and Arena. I don't want to get into that. Um, they, they do it with Chekhov and Arena, and then they do it again with Sulu and another girl. And she's like, "You don't want to be here." It's like, "How do you know what I want?" And it's like, "You know, you were talking to the gayest man of all time." Well, that's the whole it, thing. It, it, <laughs> it's a debate: Is Sulu gay? George Takei is gay. That doesn't make Sulu gay. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, but George, pretty Takei, gay. George Takei has said on numerous occasions. Yes, not it, said that. Yes, he has. He has said that is that like, character like, is not fuck gay. He has like fuck. He has like he has, no. he has said that it's not gay. His yeah, Sulu's not gay. Sulu's not, not gay. gay. Yeah, no, I think he's gay though. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I, I don't uh, think he's I playing don't know why straight. I don't think there's no proof that he's gay in the series. I know. Like he never I, was with I, another guy. I know, but this there's a scene in this episode specifically where a girl is hitting on him, telling come come to Eden with us. I'll have sex with you. And he's like, oh dear. You know, oh so yeah. So like, <laughs> like do you think DC Fontana slipped that in as like a little bit of an in joke? I don't know, but all I know is Sulu's usually barely in these episodes. And when he is uh, this is the only time I've I've ever seen where a girl was hitting on him and and he completely rejects her. <laughs> so, <laughs> Fair enough. Whereas yeah, if it were Kirk, Kirk would be like, all over it. So Kirk, well, maybe Sulu just doesn't want crazy hippie bitches. Like what's wrong maybe with not. that? Maybe that's just not his style. We don't right. we, right. we don't really know. We don't, we don't know. have enough like, background. This is the same man who dons capes. Like he this guy dons capes and goes bare chested and causes some shit. Well, he, so, he picked like, it up from Adam. Adam has sort of a He's a man's man, guys. I don't I don't <laughs> want to hear any talk about Sulu being not a man. Why does is. why does Adam have an egg stuck to his cape as they, well? He wasn't the only one. There's actually a couple of them that have that. Yeah. Right. It's about yeah, rebirth. It's, yeah, maybe. It's, maybe they were gonna go work at McDonald's after. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, they're promoting the egg McMuffin. What do you guys think of the San Diego to get to do that? What do you think of the scene where uh, Adam visits uh, Spock in his quarters? What Spock's trying to find Eden? All right, and he's like, "Hey, man, let me see your Vulcan harp thing. Uh, It's loot." Uh, And does Spock just seem completely annoyed with him the entire time? Well, you kind of get that impression, but you don't really know because he doesn't like really show it because obviously he's Spock, but the 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 main thing i guess is you, you kind of see it almost looks like they wanted to make it kind of like a mentoring kind of scene in a way right because later just, on it doesn't Spock well. says no if you follow this guy it's going to lead to your doom and it does ultimately he dies right yeah from leading this guy so i guess they were trying to like establish that here that these two had a bit of a connection yeah i think they were trying but it didn't come off very well no because spock seems like leave me alone i'm doing work um, and this isn't the first time in the series. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we've seen Spock play musical instruments before, so this isn't. Yeah, he's played that lute a few times. Like he'll like there's yeah. a couple episodes where him and Uhura are jamming, like jamming out kind of thing. Yeah, and I think that's like sort of the genesis of why they were given this relationship in the reboot. Um, but it's it's a big stretch for me. Uh, and then Irina uses Chekhov to sort of like find out the secrets of the auxiliary room and what what it does and how she can use that. So she manipulates her friend, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, oh, yeah. she uses him, right? The dumb ensign who's still got you know got he's carrying a torch for his old uh, his old flame. Um, that goes on forever. That's like a long scene. And then she comes back and reports, and she kind of you know shows. I feel about the whole episode. 
and Adam says, I'm working Spock. And then the other one whose name doesn't have a name is working Sulu. Maybe, maybe not. And uh, yeah, so they're all kind of manipulating the crew. And this is where they say, just be friendly. We're going to get all the crew on our side. And that's when we're going to turn on them or something. All we learned is that hippies are terrorists. That's really all we really learned. Right. They spend uh they spend about four minutes doing uh two two or three numbers uh here in this like con- conference room, which I won't go through. Like forever. But they use this basically as a distraction to uh spring Dr. Severin, right? Because the ambassador's yeah. son is he's not doing nerve pinches because when you do the Vulcan nerve pinch, it goes ding, it does like that sound effect, right? And then but this was like he would well, pinch that's, them. That's your that's your arteries all just exploding. Yeah. This yeah. guy would like pinch him, and then and then he does it twice, and both times the crewman goes, "Oh, <laughs> oh, everything about this episode just boils me." Because like when you get ner- Vulcan nerve pinch, you usually go, "Ah," but it's like no, no, it's like, "Ah," and then you like collapse, yeah. right? But with this, it was like, "Oh," and then it was I don't know, I assume it was nonviolent, other than whatever, and. Then they lo- then they're able to take over the control room, and then they're able to steer the ship from the control room right into Romulan space into the planet, uh, and then that's where Severin, who is I, I guess an expert in Jerry Riggin audio equipment, is able to turn the ship into a weapon. I, I've I've never wanted fun facts with Jeff so much badly that I do right now. Yeah, this whole episode is terrible. <laughs> I'm almost at the end. Like, I, you know, I know. They, I'm just kidding. They end at the plant. They they find they, they they the the sound thing goes off. Everybody's disabled. They steal the shuttle, and then they eventually go after them. They never run into Romulans. They like they they run into this Romulan territory and then kind of get in and out without incident. But they should have ran into the Romulans. That would have been so much better. <laughs> and but it turns out the planet, all the plant life is acid. Even the grass. Severin burns his feet as soon as he tries to step on the planet. Best part of the whole episode. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like, like there are plenty of nice planets in the galaxy for them to settle on, right? Right. Well, I think it's supposed to show that the hippies are wrong. The hippies, and, yeah. The, the hippies, hippies are wrong. Yeah, they they should listen to them. And... They, they're, they're, they have a glorified. No uh, paradise. Yeah, they have a glorified vision of paradise. They don't know what the. They just think that if they live, you know, carefree and say, you know, yeah, say la vie, everything will turn out. But it won't. It'll turn. Won't. Out. That's not how the world works. It was the, the message to Ted, Ted and his friends to not become hippies. Yeah, that's what this was. Didn't yeah. work. Yeah. Ted, don't be a hippie. <laughs> don't be a hippie. Go to school. <laughs> go to school and do well, Ted. Oh, go to the military. The baby boomers. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, because this was meant to say, like, no, these so, hippies, we can't let the next generation be like these hippies. We got to stop. So, this. It's kind of funny because I was talking to my mother, and my mother is not a Star Trek fan at all. But I said, oh, I got to do this podcast. And she's like, oh, yeah. She's like, what are you watching? And I said, oh, Star Trek. And she's like, oh, yeah, what episode, right? Because my grandfather used to watch it. And I said, oh, it's a space hippie episode. She goes, oh, that's all she said to me. I'm like, yep, that both sums that up. Yeah. There also, there's also a lot of metaphors to the Bible and uh, <clears throat> Adam yep. and Eve is specifically and eating well, the forbidden fruit. And... They hit you right over the head with it. He goes, "Yeah, Adam died, poison fruit." Yeah, you know, like it's it's, come it's, on. it's it's a real nutshell of a metaphor. Who, who kind of saw that coming? Like I had to go. What's the bi- oh the Bible? Okay, yeah, the Garden of Eden, and this is the way to Eden and all that. I guess yeah. There you go. Uh, okay, I'm ready for fun facts with you. Yada yada, they all die. Whatever. All right. Okay. Well, they don't all die. No, they didn't all die. No, only Severn dies. Right? Do only Severn. 
We need to follow runs off into a tree and bites and bites the fruit that already killed Adam. Yeah. Okay. Fun facts. Fun facts with Jeff. Fun facts with Jeff. Wow. I got. We have to come up with something. All right, right, dude. I'm gonna try to make you a jingle this weekend. All right. We need a jingle. All right. Thanks, man. All right. So the space hippie protest. Herbert. Herbert. Herbert is a gag referring to both Star Trek four-time director Herb Wallerstein and a longtime executive in charge of production Herbert F. Solo. Spock tells Kirk that the reference to Herbert is somewhat uncomplimentary and that Herbert was a minor official notorious for his rigid and limited patterns of thought. So literally, again, these people are stupid. (laughs) No surprise there. Even though they admit in the episode that these people went to Starfleet Academy, so they're not stupid. Like, you know, they're just. Or so, at least Irina did. But they say that they're all smart people in their own respect. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they can play music. Like, you know, you have to be somewhat intelligent to play music. Um, Watcher Koenig, uh, the guy who plays Chekhov, was highly critical of the writing of The Way to Eat It. In particular, he felt Chekhov was written as too authoritative, rigid, and by the book, a complete contrast of his usual and intended characterization. Yeah. Hmm. I didn't really. I didn't feel like this was a huge departure for Chekhov. It wasn't. wasn't huge. No, he did. Uh, Charles Napier wrote some of the songs Adam sings. So the guy. <laughs> oh, that'll do it. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's uh, I think he was a better actor than a songwriter. Probably your first part. Clearly, Uhura does not appear in this episode. Thank God. Yeah, there's that. So there's some other lieutenant working her post in this. Episode. Yeah, that was the first thing I noticed too. I was like, and, and, and honestly, and out of everybody, she's the one that should have been in this episode. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. If anybody should be singing, it should have been her. That's right. Yeah, um, but they're like, no, Clearly, you go. That was a missed opportunity there. You go take five, uh, Nichelle Nichols. We we got this. All right. Um, uh, Again, they wasted wasted her. Uh, Lieutenant Palmer, who fills in, makes her second and final uh, original series appearance after the Doomsday Machine. Oh, she was. Oh, she's, okay. Yeah, I'm oh, guessing. Okay. I'm guessing Michelle yeah. Nichols, you know, had something to go do when they. When I when I saw that when I saw her, I'm like, yeah, she was in another episode, but I couldn't remember which one. This very much like Move Along Home. Somebody from the main cast couldn't be there. Like lastly, in Move Along Home, it was Cole, Cole Meany had to go make a movie, and I feel like it's the same thing here. And Michelle Nichols probably had to go do something. And I don't had, think like this movie or you think this episode would have been better if Michelle Nichols had been in it. I would. The music would have been better. Probably the music definitely would have been better. She wouldn't allowed this shit. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Um, she would have okay. been on set yelling at people. Uh, in this episode, for the first time, Chekhov's first and middle names are spoken slash revealed. Pavel and Dreyevich. Yes. Skip Homoyar uh, also starred in Star Trek Patterns of Force as Melikon. We already watched that episode, didn't we? Pal- yeah. Patterns of Force, Melikon. Melikon, he, he was the Hitler. Right. right. That's right. So right. Is, uh, is Severin is the same guy? Yeah, same guy. Oh, okay. Hmm. I recognized him, his voice in particular. Well, voice he was wearing about a pound of makeup on his ears. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's a pound on each ear is two pounds total. <laughs> right. Yeah, easily. Yeah. He had a quarter, you know, a few quarter pounders on those ears. James Duhan stated that this was his least favorite episode. <laughs> that takes a lot. That, he did that 79 man clearly knows what he's talking about. And he he yeah, there were some stinkers, not just this one. No. This episode was originally entitled Joanna. The character of Irina was originally to be called jo- Joanna McCoy, daughter of Dr. McCoy, and love interest for Captain Kirk, but that original script was rejected. Uh, yes. The character of Joanna was planned to later appear in the fourth season, but Star Trek was canceled at the end of the third. So Right. Was. Well, I don't think, yeah, and I think DeForest Kelly talked about this, that he did not like the idea of his, da- of his character's daughter 
hooking up with Captain Kirk. That sounds uh, amazing. I would have loved to see that. <laughs> I love to see that in like the read through or like the uh, he's like, what is this? <laughs> what is this? Yeah, because it, it would have caused some tension between McCoy and, and Kirk that we never really got in the show or the movies, really. No. Would have been interesting to have it in the movie. Would have been amazing. Remember that tang you banged my daughter or something? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would have been amazing. And if, it, especially if you brought it up later in the movies or something, like, yeah, I remember that time when I had fun with your daughter. Right. For the scene in which Spock plays his Vulcan harp for Adam, the last time he plays the instrument on the series, the background music for Ahura's song from Star Trek Charlie X is recycled. Oh. Okay. In some scenes, William Shatner can be seen to be wearing a corset. In one scene, he's literally flipped. His like Starfleet emblem is on the wrong side of his shirt. That, that's uh, that's probably the photography, not him. Like, yeah, probably, they probably just mirrored it because yeah, they, they wanted him on the other side of the scene or something. They wanted him looking that way, and yeah. they, they they shot it. That right. happened a lot in sixties and seventies TV. Yeah. yeah, they probably should have made the Star Trek logo symmetrical. <laughs> yeah, it would have been easier to get away with it. I just read here, according to James Doohan, this is the only episode that he didn't even like. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, he, he, he knows he has taste. That's why. DC Fontana was so unhappy with this rewrite of her script, she asked for her name to be changed to Michael Richards, like pseudonym Michael Richards. Yeah. That's how she didn't like right. it. Probably a good call on her part. Because she probably wrote the original version with Joanna McCoy. Probably. Yeah. And you would have loved that one, Jody. <laughs> uh, I'm not totally sure I would, uh, you, but right. I, a it's better sex than this. scene with McCoy and Kirk. Dr. Severin. Well, it wasn't McCoy and Kirk. It was McCoy's daughter. And no, Kirk. Joanna McCoy. Joanna, Joanna McCoy. McCoy. Yeah, like if it was McCoy and Kirk, that would have been that would have been some TV for the 60s. They might call <laughs> your dad Bowman. Like, now that would happen. No problem. But back then, no. <laughs> Dr. Severin is no. based on Timothy Leary, a controversial uh, psychiatrist who advocated for LSD. Uh, as a therapy, exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly. He's a guy. He's a man who did like over ten thousand hits of LSD and lived to be like eighty something or something. Yeah, he really uh, hung in there. I think eighty six is when he died. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nurse Chapel's collapse, as well as the collapse of other crew members in the corridor, is reused footage from Spock's brain. So they had to go back to the other worst episode in Star Trek (laughs) to use Spock's brain. This is making so much more sense now. This is why the lights go out in the stick bay during that shot while they are functioning normally uh, uh, everywhere else on the ship. So, yeah, they, I mean, this they, they didn't even want to shoot that. They were like, fuck this. We'll just use it the other footage episode. in Star Trek is nothing new, let's be honest. There's a lot of episodes that regurgitate things. In the original version of the episode, the spacecraft Aurora is a Tholian ship with AMT model kit nacelles added to it. It is shown in the preview trailer without the nacelles for the remastered version. A new design was created. Oh. Okay, so I watched the remastered version. So I, I only watched the remastered. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I did as well because I have it in, so it's better. Um, a hijacked uh, Class F shuttlecraft was the often used Galileo, although in this adventure she bore the name Galileo Two. <laughs> For no, for no good reason? No good reason. Uh, they uh, had the decal left over. Yeah. Um, the quest for Eden would resurface in Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, 20 years later. Yeah, th- that that takes it and down. It's not garbage. What? Did they not learn their lesson? No. Like, that, that this is not where Star Trek stories need to go. Finding the Garden of Eden. Finding it, religious stuff in Star Trek doesn't belong. Yeah, like unless it's like like uh, Deep Space Nine did it kind of properly, but they acknowledge that they're aliens. 
You know, like they, 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 they right? They acknowledge kind of like, well, the Bajorans believe this, but this is kind of what is really going on. But you know, whatever. right? Um, okay, so Charles Napier uh, Adam returned to Star Trek three decades later as Rex Denning in Star Trek Two Six Nine, Little Green Men, like yeah. as previously mentioned. Uh, a brief shot of the surface of Eden is reused footage of the lakeside from Star Trek Shore, Shore Leave. A shot of the uh, surface of Gamma uh, Triangle 6 from Star Trek The Apple is also re- recycled and used in the same scene. They were just like getting through this. Uh, this this uh, was, well, this is near the end, man. Like, this is what, there was only like four episodes that came after this, yeah, and then the show were, was canceled. But they were over, they, they weren't canceled at this point, though. No, they finished Not the yet. third season. Not they yet. didn't know no. they were canceled. They, they uh, were fucking they, the fourth season. They were, they were lucky they got to the third season at all. Um, and they were almost canceled after two, even though I don't agree with it. But the, you know, I think they knew things were. were... The, the second season is, in my opinion, the strongest. But yes, I agree with you. I think that yeah. the the third season is probably the weakest, actually. Uh, so you, you want to hear another thing that's really on the head? The, all right. So the the homeland of Doctor Severin is known as Tiburon, which is the Spanish word for shark. Yep. That's right. Oh, so is that a little bit uh it's a yeah, and there's a uh, golf course in Florida called Tiburon, which is shark. Yeah, that's right. Right. Um, okay, so the egg-shaped badges, the egg-shaped badges with what appears to be a sideways figure eight, which is, the hippies wear, is actually a representation of the symbol for infinity. The symbol is also called a luminescent. But uh, infinity is it looks like a sideways eight. That was that looked like a fucking egg. It looks like an egg. It looks like an egg with a yolk in it. The reason that the Galileo shuttlecraft wore the moniker Galileo 2, even though it had has the same registration number as the Galileo 1, is because the original Galileo was destroyed in the Galileo. Oh, okay. I was like, what? why Why can they just be the Galileo? But it was blown up? It was blown up in the Galileo 7. Oh, no. Uh, two Star Trek veterans, Charles Napier and Clint Howard, played a scene together in Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They're both in that scene. Yeah, but not... Yeah. That was Baylock. Remember Baylock, Dad? Yes. Well, the kid, the Baylock kid, went on to be with Adam in a episode of or in, in Austin Powers the movie. Then they were making dick jokes. Yeah, I wonder if um, <laughs> Michael Michael Myers was a fan of this episode. He probably thought it was ridiculous. Uh, uh, two Star Trek. Uh, no, sorry. Um, this was the only episode of Star Trek: The Original Series that contained music with lyrics. Other songs sung during the series were standards. O'Hara sings "Charlie Is Our Darling" in Charlie X. Captain O'Reilly sings "I'll Take You Home Again" in Kathleen. The in the Naked Time. The only other original song from the series to have lyrics was the title song. But they were never recorded for the series because they were written by Gene Roddenberry shortly after before cancellation so that he could get half of the Alexander Courage's ongoing rights to the theme song. Wow. <laughs> there you go. What a oh. dick. Anyway. And this, oh, so just a uh, quick, uh, two other quick ones. While on Eden, after finding one of the hippies dead, Dr. McCoy confirms that the fruit he had eaten, he had eaten was poison. Spark, Spock remarks his name was Adam. Clearly alluding to the biblical story of Adam and Eve having found woes in the Garden of Eden. Oh, no, we got it. We, we got it. <laughs> that one wasn't hard to get. Dr. McCoy's handheld med- medical scanner was in reality not a salt shaker, but a scratch-built prop. <laughs> Despite what certain non-canon manuals might state, the device did not actually have a medical display on its back end. When McCoy scans the poison fruit that killed Adam in close-up, the rear of the scanner can be seen for a few seconds and shows a black metal disc. Okay, well, that's uh, it. 
I mean, that's all, that's the. Uh, I mean, pretty much everybody hated this episode. It was terrible. Uh, it didn't. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, well, how much? Oh, wait, wait sorry. Uh, how much do you? How much do you actually hate it? Oh, uh, let's find out. I'm about to tell you. All right, Jody, why don't you first? Okay, so uh, just so we all level set, this is a five and a half on IMDb. Not that we have to be influenced by that. Yeah, everybody on IMDb is wrong. Um, this is clearly a two. This is a two. Now, keep in mind, they thought the Omega Glory is a 6.2. So so clearly they are stupid. (laughs) Dad? Well, I would uh, probably go on this one a little lower than normal. Uh, You know, I usually give a good rating. I give it a four and a half. All right. (laughs) You went down Uh, to half a point there, eh? Okay. And uh, Jeff? I'll I'll give it a two with Jody. I mean, that's all it deserves. They 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 did they filmed something and put it out on TV. That's, that's, that's <laughs> all they really did. The fact, the fact that they managed to find the film to put it in the camera, they get a one right away. They get a one. They, they, uh, so yeah, the fact the that only, the other point I'm giving them is for the Spock scene. That's yeah, about the, it. The, the fact that the actors didn't walk off the set. <laughs> I mean, is the only like, reason. Hopefully, everybody got at least union pay. Um, yeah, that's really all we can ask for. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go a little nicer. I'll give it a three. Uh, but that's. Um, oh wow! It's right at Omega Glory. It's at Omega. This big. Oh, I didn't do that intentionally. But that we are now tied. This is tied with Omega Glory among our average score. Our combined average is actually lower. Yes, and the combined average, and and this is by far the worst episode we've watched. Although Omega Glory comes close, so yeah. All right. Well, hey, let's uh, take that off and uh, put that in the books. Dad, uh, do you have a, an episode in mind for the next podcast? I do. I do have a good episode that Jody will like. I think. Oh, sure. But I, I think it's tough. <laughs> the Tholian Web. Oh, that's, uh, that's a good episode. That is a good episode. Everyone knows the Tholian Web. All right. The Tholian yeah. Web uh, from season three also. Okay. Season three, episode nine. Tholian yeah. Web. That's a, that's a great that's, episode. Uh, yeah. That might be one I of my favorites. I had to bring favorites. Jody back. Uh, Jody honestly, was on the edge of the... That might yeah, have been. That might be one of my favorite episodes. I, I gotta read this review, guys. Oh, oh please, 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 please. It, The title is "Hippies Take Over the Show and Spock Drops Acid," or so it seems. <laughs> the episode opens up with a group of futuristic hippies being apprehended by the Enterprise after they stole a shuttlecraft and it went in search of Eden. This group is led by a guy who looks like he's gotten an ear transplant from an Indian elephant. He also <laughs> happens to be nuts. Among it's all his- accurate. Among his hippie followers is a girl who was once loved by Chekhov, as well as a guy who seems to be attracted to Spock, and vice versa. I'm not going there. Although Kirk is obviously too square to appreciate these free spirits, Spock gets a sudden injection of coolness and is amazingly at home with these vagabonds. (laughs) Seeing Spock jamming with them using what looks like a bit of an electric auto harp is unintentionally hilarious, as is most of the episode. (laughs) <laughs> and when the hippies begin singing about Eden, yeah, brother, I find myself feeling kind of queasy. I am sure that dumb TV like this helped finally put a nail into the coffin of 60s idealism, as today's teens will only laugh until their sides hurt at the whole mess. This is my <laughs> this is my choice for the third worst Star Trek episode ever, right behind the one where Spock's losing his brain, and the one about Spock's the right. Yangs and the comms. That's the Omega Glory. 
so right. that person yeah. is pretty accurate. Um, I felt I felt like I had food poisoning when I watched this episode. It was it was terrible. Yeah, I have only one thing I want to say. <laughs> also a terrible episode from, from a different better series. than this i think it's better than this it makes me oh, like, oh it's way better uh, it's way only better. better it's only better than this because of the fact of the cast um yes. that's about the only thing that makes it better i, I don't know i feel a brutal episode i will always laugh at alibrain guy so i mean for that alone. yeah but do you think that that's what they intended when they wrote that no but <laughs> it's hilarious <laughs> Just like this, it's hilarious unintentionally. Like the guy. No, Alberg is hilarious. This is not hilarious. This is no. just brutal. Right. Yeah. It's 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 hard to watch. Dude, I've watched this sober. I've watched this stoned, and the same thing happens. <laughs> it's still a disappointment. You just look at it and you go, oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I had the same. Uh, once I saw Kirk go, oh, I'm like, yeah, I'm with your brother. Yeah. Okay, any final thoughts on The Way to Eden before we sign off? Yeah, I'm never watching this episode ever again in the history of my life. We appreciate your service. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you having me. Uh, Dad, uh, Jeff, uh, uh, all good? Yeah. No, let's, put this, let's put this one in the vault. Yeah, this uh, we've done it. It's it, you know we I think we all need to give ourselves a pat we, on the back. We're, we, we, we lived through it. I think, if anything, uh, there should be purple hearts for this. Yes, <laughs> there should be. Okay, when well, we got um, we got Tholian Web next week, and we know that I think that will be enjoyable. Great episode. Good yeah. episode. So looking forward to that. Um, hey, make sure to subscribe, uh, everybody. Uh, subscribe. Uh, we're on Facebook, YouTube. Uh, we have Live Long and Podcast. We also have Trivial Debates, and we have Super Mater Brothers Podcasting. So that's kind of like the triumph. That's the, the three main channels we're putting content out. Although we are the most busiest on this channel. Um, the, tri- the trifecta of Mater. Yes. Um, and so with the live long and podcast, uh, tomorrow night, we are starting Star Trek radio theater. Uh, we, we are going to be, uh, and I can't wait to listen to this. This is going to be fun. Uh, I, I might even participate in an episode down the line. Yeah. But. Yeah. No, this is, this is our first time we're doing this. So we're going to be doing the script from yesterday's enterprise, which is an, ep- an episode from season three of the next generation. Uh, one of the most beloved episodes. And episode. I'm really looking forward to doing that. I'll be playing Picard and Wesley Crusher. Jeff's playing. Uh, Riker and Jordy and uh, Lieutenant. Now, to be clear, so the audience understands what what's going to happen here. You're going to literally do a read through of the script, but you're going right. to be in those characters, and you're going to kind of recreate the episode without the visual. Yes, that's right. Okay. Exactly it. Yes, it, it will. It's going to be theater of the mind. Yeah, it's radio. Right? Yeah, exactly. it's radio. It's radio. But uh, and I have okay. But guys, we we have younger generation that could be watching this, so we have to make sure they understand. Right. Yes. No, yeah. Yes. We're gonna. So instead of like showing people walk into the room, I'll say like so and so walk into the room, and then so I think you will find it enjoyable. Some of the performances will be reimaginings, if you will, of some of the of the characters. Um. So I know some. There is some artistic liberty at play here on the the performers. Only with you, I'm sure. But anyway. Oh yeah. Well, and then we also have uh, my wife Jane is going to be playing uh, Guinan and Rachel Garrett and uh, and Data, and then Ashley Millard is going to be playing. Uh, so you got the girls doing the girls now because the we do three, this time we do we yeah, have we did it by random boys, but we didn't group. we didn't plan it like that but it yeah, worked we, out that yeah, we did it by random great yeah I look forward to it yes no it's gonna be great and then Saturday we're uh, we're kind of finishing up Star Trek uh, movie reviews uh, we're going to be doing uh, Star Trek Into Darkness on Saturday uh, and then we only have Star Trek Beyond I, after that I and then we're gonna be done watching actually. 
And uh, and then trivial. I mentioned trivial debates on uh, June twenty eighth. We'll be having our next installment of trivial debates uh, on a Sunday afternoon, and Chris Seymour will be hosting that one. So make that sure will be a shit show. Check in for that. I think it's uh, Jody, Kevin, and uh, and Jane are, are the competitors for that. So that's gonna be. I'm not in that episode. Oh no! Is it Jeff? There must be Jeff, Kevin, and Jane. Who it is? So am I? Yeah. I haven't got any questions. Uh, well, Chris is the host. So oh well, that's why you didn't get any questions. All right, everybody. Well, I'm going to sign off, and uh, thanks for uh, tuning in, and we'll see you for the next one. Live Long Podcast. Bye. See you. Oh, thank you.